Welcome to our podcast again today and the 29th day of this month. We're at Proverbs chapter 29. You know, I've told you over and over and over, but there's something I have learned in life. You know, when leading one individual or when communicating with one person, sometimes you have to look them in the eye. Sometimes you have to make sure you have their attention. And then you say what you want to say or communicate what you want to communicate. And and, uh, you can tell by body language many times if they are listening or if they uh, you know, have any queries or if they're not sure what you said, because meanings are not in words. Meanings are in people. And so there are a whole lot of things that goes into making sure that the message that is sent is the message that is received. That's what communication is. Sometimes people are talking and sometimes people are listening. But uh, sometimes just because someone is listening to someone who's talking, it uh, doesn't mean that they're understanding what they're saying. Miscommunication is one of of uh, the most uh, uh, um, critical aspects of life because it often leads us down wrong roads. It gets people into trouble. They start, you know, uh, believing something that was not said or expecting something that was not going to happen or imagining that someone meant something that they did not mean. Miscommunication is a critical aspect that brings about some unnecessary and unneeded divisions and uh, arguments and fusses. Uh, I, I can't begin to tell you the number of times I have listened to two people trying to correct one another in a conversation when both of them were actually saying the same thing. It's the way they were saying it. Or because someone thought something early on in the conversation and got on a sideline trail or got on a, you know, a, a different track, and uh, uh, it's, it's amazing. I can also tell you I've had a number of experiences where uh, people were talking as though they were in agreement, and they were going, yeah, oh, yes, oh, I agree, I saw, and they're completely talking about two different things. And when they come to that realization, and of course you've seen this, or perhaps you've experienced it yourself, where when you come to the realization that what you are talking about or what the other person is talking about is not the same thing and that you're on uh, two different subjects, it can be a little amusing, but it should also be revelational. It should also be revelatory. It should also be a great uh, check for us to make sure that we know what we're talking about when we talk. And so today, I want to encourage us to make sure that when when we're talking, uh, we're trying to gauge whether the other person is actually receiving the very same message that we are sending. And we ought to have checks along the way. As I said earlier, uh, when you're talking with one person, when you're communicating with one person, you can generally read those body languages and, and uh, you know, find another way to say the same thing if what you're saying does not compute with them. You know, uh, especially if you happen to be talking to someone of a different culture, or of a different class or age or stage of life, or of a different custom, tradition, or language, or even a different gender, okay? Uh, You know, sometimes when we are thinking that we're communicating, we are only talking into the air because others are not necessarily following what we're saying. Whenever you're communicating with one person, these things are fairly easily read if you're paying attention and you have a chance to redirect. But when you're communicating to the masses, when one individual wants to send a message and wants to communicate with a group of people, then there are some um, additional dynamics that need 
to be in place. We need to be aware when we are communicating to a group of people that group dynamics rule. For example, uh, I communicate to groups of people continually, large groups, small groups, sometimes mega groups. I mean, sometimes thousands upon thousands of people and one voice that I have to communicate with all of these people who are being distracted by their cell phones, who are being distracted by their neighbor or by their, by their child, who may have some distractions because in a crowd sometimes people feel less connected. They can get bored with what's being said a little quicker. And then there are also people who, are, who just naturally experience attention deficit disorders. And not only do they have attention deficit disorder, but the three or four people around them can get attention deficit disorder. You know, sometimes when I'm communicating to a group of people, a large group of people, I can spy out uh, maybe a, a small group of 5, 10, 12 people in some little enclave, in some little area of that large group that are not listening because one person in front of them has a cell phone and they are texting with someone. And all of a sudden, all those 5, 10, 12 eyes go to that cell phone. And, and you know, it could be legitimate. It could be that they were, you know, uh, looking up a scripture in the Bible that I want to talk about. Uh, but things distract. And sometimes uh, someone drops something or they yawn or, uh, you know, uh, Sometimes even people go to sleep and snore. You know, uh, it, it happens. Or they trip or they fall or they want to sit down or go to the bathroom. And these momentary distractions, these temporary distractions, perhaps you're experiencing one right now. You know, uh, maybe you're trying to listen to me while you're at home or while you're driving in the car. And maybe there are other people around or maybe circumstances, situations, something that you just passed in your car just caught your eye and you were distracted and gave your attention to something else and therefore were unattentive, uh, a lack of attention to what I'm saying. It happens. It happens all the time. And there's absolutely nothing we can do about that happening. So as a communicator and feeling very responsible for the message that I'm carrying, because it's, it's not so much about the messenger. It's not about me being heard. It's about the message being communicated. I today, once again, am carrying the word of God. I'm carrying a message that is different than just a fish tail or different than just, you know, something that happened to me at the mall yesterday. You know, I am carrying the word of our living God, father of lights, creator of the universe, who has a detailed word for every one of us today. Now, I know that life is not without its distractions, and some of those distractions just cannot be helped. A baby crying or, or you know, a, a doorbell ringing or, you know, uh, 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 some other accident or incident or someone talking to you and distracting you and pulling your attention away or getting a text or a phone call. These things happen. So, as a communicator, I have learned through the years the value of being repetitive, the value of me not assuming that just because I said it, you have heard it. I cannot afford to assume that just because I covered that information, you know that information or have it ready at hand or, you know, are, are conscious of it, not because you're slow or, or you know, uh, can't learn or, or don't care, but simply because of the distractions of life which occur continually. So allow me once again 
to reiterate some things. I repeat, I say the same things over and over and over. Why? It's because I know not everyone got it the first time. Not everyone got it the second time. Not everyone got it the third time. And everyone needs to get it at least three times. Everyone needs to catalog it, you know, several times. Uh, as the Bible says, the Word of God reproduces like seed put in our lives. It reproduces 30, 60, and 100-fold. There are three levels of potential productivity from the Word of God in your life. You need to hear it more than once. I need to hear it more than once. And so we open our lives to the repetitive rehearsings of the Word and the principles of God and the truths of God. So let me say this one more time. For all of you who have heard it, <laughs> wonderful, bully, you know, you're going to get to hear it again and have it reinforced so that not only will you have heard it, you will come to the place where you know it, okay? It will become yours personally. And for those who may have missed it, and you're thinking, who in the world could have missed this? Well, believe me, um, people do, okay? And they miss it two or three times. So it's important that we continue to repeat, as the Apostle Paul said, as long as I am in this body, I will continue to put you in remembrance of the things which I have spoken to you. You know, he said, basically, I'm going to tell you the same thing over and over and over and over again, as long as I am in this tabernacle. Well, this is the 29th day of the month. We're at Proverbs 29. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs. There's one proverb for every day of the month. And if you will be consistent in each day of the month when you wake up, if it's the 10th day of the month, if it's if it's the 14th day of the month, if it's the 19th day of the month, go to that proverb that corresponds with that day. And I guarantee you, you will find wisdom for that day. Like no other wisdom for that day, you'll think that God, God wrote that one just for you, knowing that you were going to be encountering that opportunity, that situation, that circumstance that day. It will prepare you. It will be an answer for what you're going through and prepare you for what you're going to. Just trust the word of the Lord. Do not lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God and he will direct your path. Okay, and uh, I know we've said that before, but today we're going to approach this Proverbs, Proverb, uh, Proverbs 29. We're going to approach this proverb uh, fresh and brand new. We're going to choose one concept, one principle, one word out of this chapter. And, uh, you know, I haven't gone here before, uh, you know, preparing for this moment. This is my first time reading through this this month, okay? And so let's go together, okay? Proverbs chapter 29, the King James Version. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. Whoso loveth wisdom rejoiceth his father, but he that keepeth company with harlots spendeth his substance. The king by judgment establisheth the land, but he that receiveth gifts overthroweth it. A man that flattereth his neighbor spreadeth a net for his feet. In the transgression of an evil man there is a snare, but the righteous doth sing and rejoice. The righteous considereth the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but the wise men turn away wrath. 
If a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. The bloodthirsty hate the upright, but the just seek his soul. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. If a ruler hearkeneth to lies, all his servants are wicked. The poor and the deceitful man meet together. The Lord lighteneth both their eyes. The king that faithfully judgeth the poor, his throne shall be established forever. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother shame. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increaseth, but the righteous shall see their fall. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. A servant will not be corrected by words, for though he understand, he will not answer. Seeth thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than of him. He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have him become his son in the length. An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Whoso is partner with a thief hateth his own soul. He heareth cursing, and bereath it not. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Many seek the ruler's favor, but every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. An unjust man is an abomination to the just, and he that is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked." Oh, so many again here in Proverbs chapter 29. You know, there are several that are my favorites throughout Proverbs, and each one of the chapters have some favorites in them. Uh, one of them in chapter 29 is where there is no vision, the people perish, you know, but happy is he that keeps the law. I, 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 I love that. Uh, uh, but there's a theme that runs through a few verses. Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll look at two or three here to develop a concept today. Verse 19, for example, says that a servant will not be corrected by words. Uh, how, how do you know that you can't correct a servant by words? Because a servant cannot answer back. They, 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 they don't have the right or the position to be able to answer their master candidly. The only thing that a servant can say is, yes, sir. The only thing a servant can say is, I won't do it again. Seldom can you get into the heart and the mind of someone who won't respond honestly. And this is where King Solomon connects change. That a servant cannot be corrected. A servant won't, it takes communication to bring about correction. It takes an honest, open flow of communication someone telling you that you're wrong and you walking away without saying anything uh, will not produce the change 
that God is looking for. Now, just listen to Solomon's wisdom. It's the truth. You know, believe it or not, it's the truth. And I've seen it work more times than not. I happen to have been in a lot of positions of authority and supervisory uh, positions uh, and, and uh, bosses, you know, uh, throughout my life. For some reason, I have, uh, I have risen in the military. I rose to rank. I rose to position. I rose to leadership and people worked for me. And, uh, uh, and, and you know, the, the, the more strict uh, the, the working relationship was, the more legal the working relationship was, the more uh, um, demanding the task were. I have found correction to be very hard when a person won't answer me back. I mean, it's not just the yes, sir, but it's an opening up of the heart to communicate to, uh, for the servant to be able to even query, you know, uh, you know, well, why was I wrong? Well, where was I wrong? Well, how can I fix it? Well, what do I need to do? That should be the heart. But when someone, all they have is a servant mentality and they don't have a relationship, whenever they have not been brought up from a, a youth, you know, tenderly, even as a servant to become a son, the difference between a servant and a son, the difference between a, 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 an employee and, and, uh, uh, and, and someone who is a real team member who's working is, is, is that there is that interaction. You know, I find even in marriages, even among parents and children, you know, for a, for a parent to say, that's wrong, don't do that. And then to allow the child to walk off and slam the door and go in their room, nothing has been accomplished except fussing and uh, an evident uh, uh, reaction to being fussed at. No correction, no change. No, uh, instruction was not received. You know, I, I love this particular concept. It builds a thread through Proverbs 29 that it takes interaction. It takes a, 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 a struggle, if you will, to bring about the best. You know, it, it doesn't just take hearing your, don't do that anymore. Do you know how many times people who work for me, I've told them, listen, uh, listen, I, I'd, I'd rather you do that a different way. And their comment is, hey, you're the boss. No, fine. Uh, you know, I don't think it's right, but I'll do it that way. And then they go on about their business. Well, that's not good enough. We can't make it as a team like that, going to the huddle in the football field of life and, and the quarterback calling the play and, and having five people say, well, I don't think it'll work, but hey, you know, well, uh, go ahead and try it, see if it works. And they go out on the line and they end up not doing their job or doing it half-heartedly because, because of an attitude, because they don't embrace um, the direction, embrace the correction, embrace the leader. And that's what uh, this is aiming at in, in the 19th verse. And we see it as a, as a theme throughout uh, um, the, the uh, Proverbs here. Uh, and we have the other side of that coin in, in verse number 11, that a fool utters all his mind, but a wise man keeps it in till afterwards. You know, sometimes correction is not received by people in leadership because they just blurt out everything they're thinking. Or sometimes people cannot be corrected because the minute that you tell them something you want done different, uh, you know, every thought in their head comes out of their mind. And instead of getting to correct them for the problem or instead of getting to correct them for the thing that they did wrong that needs to be changed, you end up having to talk to them about their attitude or about their, you know, their insolence or about their insubordination. Uh, you know, uh, the Bible says that a fool's uh, a tongue is connected to his thoughts. A fool connects his tongue to his thoughts and continues to utter everything they think. You know, everything you think should not come out your mouth. 
It makes you offensive. It makes you predictably uh, wrong because the Bible says that, that a fool will answer a matter before he even hears it. And uh, to, to allow things to get out of your mouth that are wrong, that are, are, are everything that's in your head, just spilling your guts in front of, every, you know, uh, just, just having to have something to say about everything or being the first person to say something or commenting, you know, uh, you know, these are the kind of people that interrupt you when you're trying to say something because they think of something and they can't help but say it because they think of it. And, and they even have a fear. If I don't say it, I might forget it. And, I, and, and it's important for me to say what I think, you know, what, what it, and it's not, by the way, okay? It's foolish to do that, Okay. It's foolish to close your mouth when you're being corrected. It's important that you open up your mouth. That's what Proverbs 29, 1 says. He that being often reproved hardens his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. You know, if you find yourself resisting correction or find yourself wanting to offer defense and just just uh, argue about being corrected by someone whom you know uh, God has placed in your life to correct you okay now you know who your authorities are we know we know our authorities we know the structure of God we know that we're to honor our mother and our father we know we're to respect the husband we know that we're to uh, uh, respect and honor our parents we know that we have bosses we have masters we have supervisors we have teachers you know we have policemen we have people in our life who are our authorities and how we're supposed to respond to them number one we're not supposed to Harden our neck. Number two, we're not supposed to just close our mouth and, and just go on and do it just because they're the boss. And number three, we're not supposed to just uh, be interruptive and open up our mouth and just start bringing offense of everything we think and we're hurt. You know, we should listen to correction. The Bible says that a wise man hears instruction and he changes. So today, we're going to be meditating on these. In fact, why don't we choose Proverbs chapter 1, excuse me, Proverbs 29, verse 1, to meditate on today and to understand these concepts, okay? If someone in your world is telling you that you need to do something different and they have the right to ask you that, then communicate with them. Find out, uh, you, know, uh, you know, first of all, obey them. But then I know they'll be willing more than just telling you Sure, if you approach them correctly, they'll be willing to tell you why. Listen to why. And, you know, if the best you can do is obey, uh, obey and let them know that you're going to follow their instructions. Okay? Uh, don't, don't just close your mouth and, and refuse to be instructed or corrected or reproved or rebuked. If you harden your heart at these kinds of things, then you will be fired suddenly. You'll be let go suddenly. You'll be left suddenly. You'll be, you know, uh, spanked suddenly. You'll be, you know, have your allowance taken away suddenly. And you will imagine it's not suddenly. You will imagine somebody just got mad. No. Uh, and you'll be left without remedy. Let's not be that kind of person. Let's listen to our instruction. Let's listen to our authority. Let's, uh, let's ask humbly. Uh, and, and submissively so that we can understand and then let's follow the instructions of those that are over us in the Lord. Okay? All right. 
Let's do that today. All right, so we're going to meditate on Proverbs 29 and verse 1. He that being often reproved hardens his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Being often reproved, even if it happens all the time. But listen, if it is happening all the time, then maybe you need to change. That is a possibility. Okay. So let's pray, okay? Father, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would help us, Father, to receive instruction and receive correction, to be wise, Lord, and not to be a fool, God, not just open up our mouth, be interruptive, Lord, and, and Lord, just uh, trying to give defense, Lord, and answer, Lord, just, just uh, spilling everything we have, Lord. Not every thought we have, Lord, is supposed to be said, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have a filter in our life so that we don't aren't offensive or interruptive or challenging, so that we respect those who are in authority over us, God. And Lord, also, that, Lord, we not just live life just as as a servant, Lord, but as a team member, God. Lord, that we want to be a part of the family, Lord, in the place that you've put us, God, so that we, Lord, can can communicate, Lord, can be uh, communicated with, Lord, so that we can receive instruction, Lord, and, and, Lord, present ourselves as valuable to the equation so that, Lord, others will share with us not only what we need to do, Lord, but but why things are done this way. And help us, oh God, Lord, to be an addition to the team, Lord, uh, not a distraction or a detraction, God. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would also surround us with others, Lord, in our positions of leadership, Lord, that would help us, Father, to be better leaders, Lord, that they would be submissive, Lord, and obedient, God. Lord, that they also, Lord, would be easily corrected, Lord, and easily, Lord, reproved, God. And Lord, that we could know and have feedback and understand when they understand, and that we could understand when they don't understand so that we can redirect, God. Lord, help us, Almighty God. Lord, to be graceful leaders in our positions of leadership, we ask in the name of Jesus. Thank you, sir. Amen. Amen. Well, meditate on that word today, and don't forget to join me again tomorrow for Proverbs chapter 30. Two more days, and we'll be finished with this series in Proverbs. God bless you. I love you.